0: If you would, please turn with me to Psalms, the 10th chapter. We'll be reading verses 14 through 18. Psalms, the 10th chapter, 14 through 18. This is also page 485 in the Pew Bibles, 485. Psalms 10, 14 through 18. But you have seen, for you observe trouble and grief to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out the wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations have perished out of his land. Lord, you have heard the desires of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed that the man of the earth may oppress no more.
1: Good morning, it is good to see each one of you. If you're a guest, again, we welcome you. It encourages us that you're here. We wanna be an encouragement to you and you are an encouragement to us. It's a messy morning it's good to be around faithful people that the worship of god is a high priority Uh, god has blessed us in so many ways and this morning uh, we want to consider one of the tremendous tremendous ways that god has blessed us through adoption Before we get into the lesson, allow me to quickly remind you, if you're on the end of a pew, if you will, pick up the bookmarks and take one and pass it down. And if you said, wait a minute, we did this last week, throw away the one you had last week. And this is a correct version. And we are so thankful for the opportunity to study through the mailbox series this year. Come back tonight, we'll look at something out of James, the second chapter. Come back Wednesday night in this very same room as a great Bible class, Tim Martin is teaching and it will continue to study deeper. Let's all be people that study deeply in the Word of God. Also, if adoption... Is in your family and you would like to better explain it to your children you'd like to better uh, strengthen the concept there's a list of books out in the foyer at the information center on this pink paper be sure and get by and see those and those are some great suggestions that agape has given us and that might be a real blessing in your life or it may be someone uh, that you want to give one of those books to As we begin this morning this beautiful concept of adoption i'd like for you for just a moment to think about the cross and adoption what what does the cross and adoption have in common do you realize that the concept of adoption was literally in the mind of god before the world was ever created this morning we don't speak of something new We don't speak of something that is secular. This morning, we speak of something that was in the spirit of God, in the mind of God, before even time existed. Very quickly, look with me to Ephesians, the first chapter. And I'd like for us to just jump in and read four, five, and six. And and I'd like for you to just think about how adoption has been so important to God since the very beginning. In verse four, he says, just as he... Chose us. You realize that's what adoption's all about? Spiritual and physical adoption is about choosing. Spiritually, God has chosen us. Physically, a family has chosen someone. He has chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us To adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. He speaks about choosing us, adopting us about accepting us. And all of these are the beautiful characteristics that even today we still appreciate, of course, about spiritual adoption, but even about the beauty of physical adoption. As we think about the opportunity to support and appreciate I wanna quickly remind you of two opportunities that we wanna take advantage of of the next few weeks. And and you know from previous years, there's no high pressure on this. This is something that if this touches your heart and you wanna be a part of, we wanna give you the opportunity to be a part of it. Many of you probably noticed a baby crib out in the foyer as you walked in this morning, especially if you came in uh, from this side of of the parking lot. We wanna fill that up with baby shower gifts to give to Agape, as Agape, which is a wonderful organization that strengthens uh, the concept in the Nashville area of the value of life. And to do so, we have the opportunity to give gifts, and un- in your bulletin, you will notice that in the back. Page of your bulletin on the on the back of your bulletin, you will see a list of gifts that you can give to the adoptive family. You see another list of things that you could do to help create a basket for the birth mother while she's in the hospital. Agape supports her and encourages her in the decision that she has made of the wonderful decision to preserve life and do what is best for all involved. And then also there are books there that they also give to children. If you would like to buy those books. It will give them the opportunity uh, to be able to have that resource available now it's not necessary for you to buy uh, like an entire set of things mentioned there you may want to just pick up one of these things you may choose to get several but if all of us do a little bit think of the great good that we can do you may want to help a family also on the back of your bulletin you see a, a picture of sherry and craig womack This is a very faithful family in the Lord's Church. They are pillars of the church in Rossville, Georgia, Uh, just outside of Chattanooga. Many of us love the inner city Chattanooga work. Uh, We went there on a a campaign several years ago. He's on the board there. He's a deacon there. Both of these individuals are school teachers. They had multiple problems uh, in pregnancies. And uh, during that time, their heart began to be very open to adoption. And then shortly after that time, God blessed them with two beautiful, healthy pregnancies and handsome young men, Riley and Wyatt. But still, their love for children around the world that need... Parents, especially to point them to God—that is their great motive—never left them, and so they decided they still wanted to help children, and so uh, they still are about thirteen thousand out. It's probably about three times that cost to uh, to adopt. If you want uh, to give to them, you can make out checks to the Mountain Juliet Church of Christ earmark it to the Wamak adoption, and those will be given. You can hand that to elders to Buddy. Pickler, our treasure, or you could drop it in the plate next Sunday, but uh, we just want to give you opportunities. If you want to make a difference in, in, in someone's life and, and support uh, the very directly the concept of adoption, that's simply what we want to do. As we look at this next slide, I'd like for you to think about in 1973, the horrific decision that was made of Roe v. Wade as it became absolutely necessary for all states in America to make available abortion. It's unthinkable that 55 million children, babies, have been aborted since that time. To try to bring that in some kind of scope that is still impossible for us to really get our mind around, that's 3,300 abortions every day. That's 137 per hour. That is... One every 30 seconds. But yet as we look at this next slide, we're reminded of something else that's powerful. And that's God and God's people. Jesus' disciples have always valued life. Jesus' disciples have always valued life. You don't have to prove yourself to be at a certain production level and will value your life. You don't have to prove yourself to be at a certain quality of life, and we will, we, will, we will count your life worthy to live. Children of God value all lives. And so with that, we think about the opportunity that we have to be involved in this beautiful, beautiful concept of adoption. When you go back in history, Before hospitals were profitable and nursing homes were profitable and still orphanages are not profitable, but who operated those? Before money was involved, you didn't see a group of atheists get together and say, let's start a hospital to help the people that are hurting. Let's start a nursing home to to help those that are in such great need at the end of their life. Those were always began by individuals that had an understanding of Christ and of His will. And so today, we want to take a few minutes and as we go over some of these stories and 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 it's going to take a few minutes. Uh, I ask, and wow, did you give them? And I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to include everything you said, but I want everyone listening to hear the Bible that is threaded through these stories. And then we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to get right back up, and we're going to look at a beautiful teaching out of Psalm. But don't miss the beautiful Bible uh, uh, lessons and verses that are linked to these stories. There are many in this room that without any hesitation can say physical adoption is blessed my life or my family immensely i think about when my family went to the airport in 2002 here in nashville and we welcomed little zara into our family and i had no idea i thought i did but i had no idea the blessing that adoption was going to be in our family as a matter of fact when zara heard about a lesson Along these lines, she said, I know what I would like to say in that lesson. And I said, You send me a picture of it. And so she sent this. And this was a description of how she described her life. She said, Lived in an orphanage, no family. But then she sent the next picture big, loving family. I know God. Think about the maturity of this young lady. At the age of 11, this is her favorite Bible verse. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. We went back to the airport again. And what a blessing it was to welcome Zena into our family in 2004. And we were able to welcome Zola into our family in 2005. And now the Shannon grandchildren are, were evened up. Three Asians and three from the U.S. And then we were able to bring Yong into our family. And now we have more Asian grandchildren than, than other. But when you look at this slide, you're seeing what we call the Zs. They're 11, 10, and 8. And you're seeing Rebecca and Charles Doris. And Rebecca's my sister. And this has touched their heart in a powerful way that they want to do all that they can do to help a part of the 140 million orphans around the world. 140 million orphans around the world. And for nine years, Rebecca has not stopped gathering medical supplies to send to the medical orphanages, taking care of orphans who have some kind of medical condition. And she packs 50 pound suitcases that would equate to hundreds and sometimes to thousands of dollars of medicine, supplies, or equipment. And she finds people traveling to China and she asks them if they will carry a bag and meet someone at the airport that will meet them from that orphanage. In the last nine years, she has sent 800 suitcases. There's no telling the worth of that. Not just financially, but in good. But that's what disciples of Jesus have always done. Disciples of Jesus value all life on all continents. And there's so many of you that share this same thing. Joyce Hundley sent a picture of her beautiful grandson, Levi. Also in this picture, we see her granddaughter that was born shortly after Levi blessed their lives to Paul and Lucy. On the next slide, we see a picture of Stephanie Jopic Kirby and Stephanie was one of the first ones, I think she might have started replying to the request that Wednesday night I offered and she said I love adoption. She said I'd love to tell you anything you want to know about it and tell anybody that wants to know about it. And she appreciates greatly her parents, George and Violet Jopik, that there's a a picture of them that is more up to date. And I ask these families about 15 questions. And she, on the question that said, how do you use your adoption story to minister to others? Her reply began with, this is my favorite question. Here on the screen, you see a picture of Katie Beth McCarthy that was her dorm mother at Hall Rowland. And you can see, obviously, she's young. They were more like best friends, and they stayed up late at night and had devotionals together and discussions together. And because Stephanie was so positive and open about the adoption, she had so many questions. And so the result of that was that she later adopted Miller, and Andre, and Kennan. And then she also had a sweet mate that became a part of those late-night discussions. And she, of course, was a part of the beauty of that discussion of adoption. And, and so Candace and Alden Bass, you see that they, they adopted uh, Desiree, Destin, and Dylan, a sibling group from Honduras. She says, I would like to say, and for it to be known, That adoption didn't make much of an impact on my daily life. George and Violet were my parents, and I had a normal childhood. Adoption was just another part of my life. She says, Sometimes it's just as easily remembered as it is forgotten. Brian Suttles also was adopted and was thankful for the wonderful family that God has given him. Brian's favorite verse as it pertains to this, is Matthew 19 and 14, when Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He said, about his adoption, he said, I was treated like one of the family from day one. He can't remember anything except knowing that he was adopted, but knowing that everything was wonderful with it. He said, as a matter of fact, I've always relished the fact that I was adopted. He said, I don't guess that I really appreciated it until I had children of my own and I see what my parents had to both give up and to give he said the vast amount of money and time the long restless nights the arguments the fussing the fighting the lack of respect I dished out to them as a teenager but I never grasped the love they could have for me even if I wasn't their natural child until I had my own children and he says what one of uh, the the great memories that he has was when he was little his his sister went in the living room crying to her father and Brian's father picked her up and said, honey, what's, what's wrong? It's through her tears, she said, Brian told me you got to pick him and you just got stuck with me. <laughs> His grandmother was adopted in 1909. He was adopted in 1974 and this picture here is a picture of his sister's oldest daughter who was adopted in 2011. Brian had this plaque hanging beside his bed for as long as he can remember. And it says, to an adopted child, not flesh of my flesh nor bone of my bones, but still, miraculously, my own. Never forget for a single minute, you didn't grow under my heart, but in it. We look at the next slide, we see another beautiful family, and we see the Thompson family. Steve and Mary Catherine went through the difficult and emotional roller coaster of wanting to have a child and, and finding many roadblocks among the way. They love Matthew the 18th chapter and verse five as they think about Katie Grace, and says, "Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me." And when they read Second 2 Thessalonians 2:13, 2, they read it like this, "But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, Katie Grace, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and a belief in truth." They were married at 23 years of age and they were anxious to begin a family. But yet they would eventually begin their family and they would be grateful for Agape, the wonderful organization we've already spoken of. They would be given a very beautiful young daughter. that's still a beautiful young lady today. And they described their first night, and us as parents, can we appreciate this? They said they waited and waited and waited and finally their first night home, they're in the kitchen And she vomits projectile all over our recently renovated kitchen. He said, I remember holding her straight up and away from me, not knowing what to do. He says, Mary Catherine and I both slipped and slid all around our kitchen as we scrambled to console her and to clean us. He said, needless to say, we were rookies. I remember both of us being exhausted the first week, but so grateful of God's grace, thus her middle name, to allow us the opportunity to be her parents. David Stanfield is so thankful for the opportunity to adopt Tyler in 2006, and this is a picture of that occasion. And David says, it's an awesome feeling after it's over to know that you have made a decision with no doubts and no regrets. It really changed the relationship between Tyler And me, I went from being just a positive male figure to a true dad. Tyler says it's enriched my life by getting me out of a bad situation and giving me a great dad. It's given me someone to talk to, to make good and fun memories with. He said that one of the, the first great memories that he had was that first year that he was able to go as David's son to the father and son retreat. As soon as the judge... Uh, declared the adoption official and they took this picture that's on the screen as they were walking out of the courtroom tyler looked up at david and said can i call you dad now also janet bachelor so thankful for adoption and she too says that she loves talking to anyone about it she's thankful for the burris family her father still visits her often here you'll meet him from time to time a wonderful man ralph a retired preacher and She says that she is so thankful that her parents picked her. On this next slide, you see that not only did her parents pick her, but from another state, her parents also picked her sibling, her sister. And uh, she is is thankful that their two lives have been brought together into this one family. And she makes a very sobering observation here that I think is important for all of us to grasp as we think about the sanctity of life and the beauty and the power of life. She says... What I really appreciate about adoption was when I had children of my own and I can't imagine how hard it is after carrying that child for nine months and being willing to give them away. And listen to her take on this. She says in John three and 16, it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It takes a special kind of love to be willing to give up your child because you know it is the best thing for everyone. And she's so thankful. That her birth mother had that kind of love for her and she is so thankful that she had adopted family that had that kind of love for her to give you an idea of how close this family is and how easily the the adoption is forgotten she says one of the funny stories that happened was on this next slide you'll see Janet's family and you see her beautiful twins there Rebecca and Rachel when her father told his mother that Janet was pregnant with twins, the first thing the grandmother said, well, how can that be? There are no twins in our family. <laughs> and we see Rob and Kelly Lyles, and we see the wonderful and beautiful family they have with Andrew and David, and their t- journey also was, was difficult and many Uh, roadblocks and discouraging times wanting to have a child but finally through agape in october of 2002 they were handed andrew and they were so thankful and it was uh, the greatest day the best day of their lives they say and as a matter of fact this has touched their lives in such a profound way that now rob serves on the board of directors at agape and continues this great work in helping so many lives in in the middle of tennessee and the tennessee area we're thankful for them said the verses that got them through was philippians 4 6 and 7 be anxious for nothing because it was not only the the, the adoption but it was the difficult days before uh that that also was so tough for them and um uh, when when they just think of things that they look back and so greatly appreciate. They say that, uh, Kelly describes that in Sunday class, uh, when Andrew was just a couple of weeks old, somebody down the, the row was holding him and he began to cry and they tried to console him and, and he didn't stop crying so they handed him back to her and immediately when he came to her arms, he stopped crying and went to sleep. She didn't think much about it, but she received a note in the mail of someone, uh, a friend in that class, that said she was amazed that how quickly this child already knows that you are his mother and she said i'm thankful that that was brought to my attention because i've cherished that thought also chris and tanya smith uh, along with gracie have welcomed into their family uh their the smith's grandda- uh, grandchildren eli and isabel but now as their adopted children and they're so thankful for this opportunity and uh, I just thought it was almost kind of appropriate out of all these the only one i don't have a picture of the kids is i almost texted or called philip last night and said hey you want to google and try to get a picture that looks a little closer than last time but uh but We are so thankful for this family. And if you have seen their children, Eli and Isabella, just like Gracie, they are beautiful, beautiful children. And they are thankful for Philippians 4 and 13, that through Christ they can do all things. And she says, so many people tell us how blessed our babies are to have us. And what they do not realize is what a blessing they are to us. We are closer as a family, happier. We have the love of these two happy and healthy little ones that are a gift from God. We have watched as Gracie has been so accepting of her new siblings. She knew they would be hers before we did. And she is also such a wonderful daughter. And then also we're thankful for Stacy Yoakum and the Humphreys. And their open hearts to adopt her into the family. As a matter of fact, when Sandra sent me pictures, she had to come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I sent you one that's the wrong one. The one with the bow, that that wasn't really Stacy. That was her younger sister. And then Don's reply to that was, well, I've always said one of our six kids is adopted. We just can never remember which one. (laughs) And uh they are all grateful for adoption and the blessing that it's been. Stacy says, Psalm 135 and verse 4, and 1 Thessalonians 1 and 4 both speak about adoption as being chosen, and she's so thankful that her parents have chosen her and what a blessing that is. Erica DeWald is also very thankful for the the, the gift of adoption. She's thankful for her parents and and their willingness to to make adoption a non-issue, how it was always very open and that they were very selfless and that they raised her to be a Christian. But she also was very honest about a period of time in her life where she felt abandoned and in isolation and that she didn't fit and she was so thankful. She says, I love to tell people about how Jesus filled all those holes in my heart and soul, how he was able to take those negative feelings of being abandoned or unloved and turn them into something positive. In light of my adoption, every day is a gift. Every breath is meaningful because I could have been completely erased from this world before I ever got a good start. But so many people loved me. My biological mother, my adoptive family, I realize, in the light of God's love how blessed I am, and for this I am grateful. And she gives a long list of verses that deal with adoption. Galatians 3 and 23, 1 Timothy 1 and 4, Luke 14, 26, Matthew 10, 36, 7, Romans 8 28 1 John 3 and 1 and she she speaks more just tremendous things about adoption we want to quickly uh, give a big warm welcome to David and Gail Brown we've welcomed them in the family here a while back and we mentioned their children but just in the last few weeks their children have become officially theirs they are adopted and we're thankful for Emma and for Emery and for Aiden. are you guys here this morning Okay, they'll be here at, oh, there we go. And we are, we are thankful for all five of you guys. We love you and appreciate you and we're glad that you're a part of our family at Mount Juliet. What a blessing it is. I love I loved David's words. I said, hey, I know you're a blessed man because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And he says, we're happier than all get out. Um, I know that we're about out of time. I might get fired. But let's do something. Let's pause for a moment. And we want to think about how good it is to be loved and to love. And right after we sing this song, we'll extend a real quick invitation. But before we stand, I want to ask anybody that adoption has blessed your physical life. In any way, if adoption has blessed your physical life, a grandparent, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, if you will, please stand. If adoption has blessed your physical life. Now, if any of these people standing have blessed your life, stand up. And now let's all stand and let's sing. I love you. be seated. If you have your Bibles, look there again at Psalm 10. I'd like for you to notice that the first part of that psalm, in the first five verses, we see the psalmist asking God, why are you hiding? Sometime when our life doesn't go the way it ought to go, we feel like God doesn't see it. And the psalmist here is saying it as a result of pride and arrogant people seem to be prevailing. When you drop down in verses 6 through 10, these proud and arrogant people are described, and what they are doing is taking advantage of the helpless. Listen, there are millions. Millions and millions of helpless people in this world that need help. And so in Psalm 10 and 11, he describes the proud by saying, They declare that God has forgotten. And so they become so arrogant that they think they're greater than God. And so then the, t- the tone of this psalm changes as the scripture reading began this morning. And we see in, in verse 12 that it begins like a prayer. And then when we go through the rest of this, we see that God is a helper of the fatherless in verse 14. And we see in verse 18, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. The man of the earth may oppress no more. In other words, the psalmist concludes this by saying, God hasn't forgotten anyone. God stands up for those that people of the world will not stand up for. Now the question is, who are we like? Are we like the world that won't stand up for those that are hurting? Or are we like God? Let's look at just a few passages, no explanation of them. I just want you to see the heart of God from the beginning until now. Exodus 22, 22 through 24. The law was just given to Israel you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way and they cry at me at, at all to me, I will surely hear their cry, my wrath becomes high and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives will be widows and your children fatherless. The law was stated again in Deuteronomy the 10th chapter in verse 18. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widows and loves the strangers, giving him food and clothing. Isaiah reminded in the very beginning of his book, Verse 16, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil from doing before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Jeremiah says it in Jeremiah 7, very similar. If you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Notice he's saying, in other words, he's saying, if you don't do this, I'll take away your land from you. It's a sobering thought. Psalm 68, five through six, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. We gotta read that line again. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God and his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Notice Proverbs 31, eight and nine. She was preparing her son to be a king. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. And from the mailbox this week, James one and 27, with all of that background about God, there's no doubt that he would say, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep everyone unspotted from the world. Listen, when we see the cross, we can't help but see adoption. God is all about adoption. And the greatest reason for us to value children is what if we can bring them into our family? What if we can bring them to our life and show them God? It's not just giving them a better house to live in and better stuff. It's giving them better hope, the hope into eternity. And this morning, that's what the Lord is offering us. The Lord is offering all of us hope. Have you been adopted into God's family? If you're not and you're ready to be immersed into Christ, or you have, but you've left the family and you're ready to come back, we would love to assist you and pray with you and help you in any way we can.